Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And today's what is going to be yet another reading from the deep mine known as the forums of somethingawful.com. Now, uh, now, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that I go around the internet and read interesting things. And I hope that you find that this episode will be no different. Now, <laughs> um, yeah. But what specifically am I going to be reading, you're asking yourself? Well, the answer is forthcoming in the next sentence, which is... And today, I'll be reading from a thread in the General Bullshit subforum entitled... Stuff you did as a kid that you're ashamed of. And this obviously is a thread in which people share stories of things they've done in their past, in their childhood, of which they are ashamed. Maybe I didn't need to say that, but I did. So, what's done is done. It's in the past. Let's move on. So the first post in this thread is by Narciss, who is currently probated for 13 days, who writes in the original post. In middle school, during recess, we played a game called quote-unquote smear the queer. Brackets, I think that was a common middle school game. That was basically free-form football. The teachers got wind of the name and told us that we couldn't call it that anymore. So we started calling it, quote-unquote, Tag the Fag. They eventually heard about that too, so we renamed it, quote-unquote, Slay the Gay. Embarrassed Picard Emoticon. And John Cena adds, I stole a kid's Game Boy and Pokemon Yellow Cart when I was in 8th grade while everyone was changing for gym. Kid was really broken up crying about it, and I pretended to help him look for it and act like his friend while putting up flyers with a quote-unquote reward promised on the school's bulletin board. Coach knew what happened, I think, but he never said a word, and I ended up moving about two months later. I still feel kind of bad about it to this day sometimes. And band member I Love Lore Tab writes, I took a few eggs and filled them with silver paint using my dad's insulin syringes. Then I egged our neighbor's house right after they painted it. Smith Emoticon. Now, I may say some unusual emoticons, and that is because somethingawful.com has its own unusual emoticons. So there you go. And the Smith one is just sort of a depressed, resigned face. And probated member Cameron writes, One time I told my father and brother over dinner that I didn't like Captain Sisko because he was a nigger. I don't even know where I learned that word from, but goddamn, they were pissed. Funny, because now he's one of my favorite captains on Star Trek. And Toriori writes, Oh God, okay, here it goes. When I was in grade seven, about halfway through the year, our teacher had to go on maternity leave. And for whatever reason, nobody liked her. Well, a boy in the class decided to start a quote-unquote we want Miss Brackets teacher gone petition and all the kids in class signed it. We even put up signs on our desk with their name on it with a strike through it like a quote-unquote, no smoking sign. Now, as a qualified teacher, this is my worst nightmare. I feel so awful for her because I'm almost positive it was her first year teaching. What shits we were. Also, I bullied one girl in grade 7 slash 8 and in high school. One time I sent her home crying from a high school Halloween dance for reasons I don't remember, but I am very ashamed of anyway. I apologized to her in the last year of high school and she seemed happy with that. I talked to her from time to time when I see her and apologizing was the best thing I could have done. Not that it made me feel much better because I had already been a huge asshole, but I did it more because I wanted to let her know I realized the ridiculous way I acted was not fair and I was very sorry for making her feel bad. And Arethizon underscore Dorsatum writes, I got a robin's egg out of the nest and played with it until it broke. The sight of the half-formed birdie haunts me to this day. Sorry, Robin family. My friends and I played catch once with my first hamster in my basement. 
The poor Hammy never even bit or fought back, though she must have been scared. Thankfully, she wasn't hurt, and lived for quite some time afterwards and was gentle to the end. I want to go back in time and backhand myself for that. When I was really little, I walked up to my older sister with a rock and sort of punched her in the nose with it. She had to get stitches and still has a scar to this day some 20 years later. And Spirited writes, I dumped a girl in 8th grade because she made her own clothes and played piano. Googling her name now brings up a timeline of consistent and steady success starting from 9th grade. Currently, I cook my meals on a hot plate and use my available free time to watch Mad Men and Breaking Bad. Frowny face emoticon. And Puke Stain Pal writes, I asked a girl out to prom and then stood her up because I didn't want to get a tux. I'm an asshole. And band member Xander Z writes, Myself and a friend were obsessed with hockey in third grade. We played on our school's team and shot weighted pucks in his driveway to condition our wrist muscles. In third grade gym, we had these lame plastic sticks with straight blades. The pucks were hollow plastic, extremely lightweight, yet still extremely solid. The teacher lines up about 50 pucks in the center of the hardwood gym floor. Quote-unquote, okay, the idea of the game is for one team to stand on this side, team two stands the other side, and whoever gets more pucks into the other team's side wins. She had all of us line up and begins dividing us into two teams. I grabbed the kid next to me and stick in between myself and my friend. It worked. We stood there flexing the plastic blades to provide them with curve for better shot power. Friend and I had been doing slap shot drills since we were in kindergarten. We had a lot of experience lining up three to five pucks and firing them rapid fire style at a net. We agreed to each take opposite ends of the gymnasium so we could both start on the outside and meet in the middle, completely ignoring anyone else on our team. The plan was too perfect. I shot left-handed and he shot right, so I took the right side and he took the left. That way, we'd be shooting down the center. Brackets, had we done the opposite and shot off the side slash down the walls, I wouldn't be posting this. The teacher blew the whistle and my friends and I beat everyone to the center of the gym. We rapid-fired the pucks to the point where everyone else on the team stood back and let us do our thing. The other team ducked for cover and the coach blew her whistle like crazy. We didn't stop firing until all the pucks were shot. By the time we were done, there were about four third graders on the ground crying. The coach had to walk one girl to the nurse's office because one of us had knocked out her two front teeth. At the time, I had no idea who she was. Sophomore year in biology, we were doing introductory facts. The idea was to share something personal about yourself that others might not know. This super cute girl with the prettiest smile gets up and introduces herself and says, quote unquote, Okay, so I'm super self-conscious about this, but I feel like it will be a big step for me if I just admit it. My two front teeth are fake. As she pops out her two front teeth and shows us. By that time, my former friend and I were awkward, quote-unquote, we used to be friends, but now we ignore each other, strangers. I've never exchanged more awkward glances with someone in my entire life. And Clary Khan writes, we were pretty broke for a while after my parents' divorce, and my mom worked three jobs to support all of my brothers and I, and she saved all of her change in a glass milk bottle in her room. When I was around 10 or so, I not only stole all of the silver change out of the bottle, but had her drive me to the store so I could buy a Slayer tape with the money. She was really angry and started crying when she figured it out, and I cold lied to her face about it and said that it was a different pile of quarters and dimes that I used to buy my tape, and I had no idea what she was talking about. It was the worst thing I've ever done in my life, and if you'll excuse me, I'm going to walk in front of a bus now. To be fair, I've never forgotten that moment, and now, 25-plus years later, I treat my mother like a princess and buy her anything she could ever want for holidays and such, but I'll never atone for that one day as I was an utter bastard to her. And S-Rock writes, When I was in middle school, me and three other friends demolished a brand-new three-bedroom, two-bathroom mobile home from the inside out. It was parked in the woods next to the owner's house. They had bought it as a wedding present for their daughter and had it put up in the woods nearby so she wouldn't see it. Me and my friends found it while traipsing through the woods and after we realized no one was living in it, we decided to turn it into a clubhouse. 
but that quickly spiraled into much worse. We ended up literally gutting it, leaving nothing but the wood frame intact. It was like locusts descending on a corpse, stripping it bare. <laughs> Do, uh, do locusts do that? We got caught and quote unquote arrested, but the owners were forgiving and decided not to press charges and instead just planned to sue our families for damages. Unfortunately, they waited over two years to get around to suing our parents and got denied because of how long ago the incident had been, plus the fact that no charges were brought against us. I guess illegally demolishing a house has a statute of limitations. I've always felt incredibly guilty over what I did. Not only did I cost them what I assume was north of 30 grand or so, but I ruined some poor couple's wedding gift. I even feel bad that I never got properly punished. Oh dear emoticon. If I ever become filthy rich, one of the first things I'm going to do is track those people down and pay them back. And Experto Creed writes, Oh Lord, when I was six, I saw some bird poo on our garden table. It had something in the middle which I thought was a prawn. I loved prawns, brackets still do. And so I scraped the bird poo off the table and ate that thing. I actively repressed this memory until a few years ago when it just popped back into my head and I did a mini sick in the back of my throat. And Bob A. Feet writes, I was taking care of a friend's house, brackets, taking in their paper, feeding fish, stuff an eight-year-old can do, while they were at the beach. Me and my little brother decided to make a game of seeing how many rocks and pebbles we could throw on top of their neighbor's roof, brackets, who were also on vacation. It continued even after my friend got back. He even joined in. A week later, we got a call from my friend's mom. My friend ratted on me as soon as their neighbors called. I guess in hindsight, it's probably good that he did. We broke nearly 30 windows, one picture window, a glass patio table, a glass door, dented the roof of this guy's new truck, broke said truck's windshield, and mirrors also caused extensive water damage. I'm thankful neither they, my friend's family, or my family were in financial straits because we were able to pay for it. My parents made me write them an apology, apologize to their face, help them clean up, and then work to pay my parents back. The worst part of this atonement was that I went to school with one of their children through the rest of elementary school, middle school, and part of high school, and had to look his parents in the eyes every day that they picked him up. Frowny face emoticon. And morally inept writes, I dated a girl and told her to get my name tattooed on her back. It was supposed to be small, but since I knew the tattoo artist, I had him take up half her back with my name. I then dumped her the next day. I remember seeing her about a year later at the mall, brackets, she didn't see me, and I noticed she tried to cover it up with this ugly blue rose. I feel like shit for what I did to her. And Azrael Alexander writes, I was by and large a pretty nice kid. I never intentionally hurt anyone, emotionally or physically, but sometimes I would be overly pushy with my friends. The one example that sticks out in my mind is the incident in which my friends and I were playing catch with a Furby in my backyard. I'm not sure why we were playing catch with a Furby, but for whatever reason, it ended up being flung into an area of the yard that had been invaded by wasps. Said wasps occupied a huge underground nest and would fly out at you in droves if you went anywhere near it. Of course, we wanted the Furby back, but my friend Sam and I weren't willing to risk the onslaught of angry wasps. So we goaded Jesse, our other friend, into doing it. Of course, as soon as she stepped within three feet of the burrow, the wasps started flying out. But expressing bravery that I myself still do not possess, she kept on trucking and managed to reclaim the Furby. Of course, by this time, she had angered the entire angry wasp clan, and they were in hot pursuit. Being that Sam and I were so much further away, we escaped being stung, but Jesse wasn't so lucky. She got one right up the nose. She screamed bloody murder and cried for what seemed like an hour. Her mother came over and removed the stinger from her nose, and then we all went out for ice cream. No one found out that it was us who convinced her to do it until years later. Luckily, there were no hard feelings, and I've apologized profusely many times since then. And Highlighter adds, 
In first or second grade, I pantsed a little boy in my glasses. I got underwear and all. The worst part was that it was in front of a large group of girls. It was the funniest thing to me at the time. Now I can only shake my head in disgust at myself, haunted by the image of his tiny little wiener flopping free in the wind. My friends and I mercilessly teased a kid in third grade about his cleft lip. One time his older brother tried to come to defend him, but his efforts were futile. There were too many of us to catch. In fifth grade, my two friends and I enjoyed the swings at recess. It was a set of four swings, so there was usually one other open. This girl in one of the special ed classes had some kind of mental disorder, maybe Down syndrome, I can't remember. She also enjoyed the swings, but being the little pricks we were, we didn't want her swinging next to us, ruining our good time. We would see her coming, grab the spare swing, and wrap it around the support poles so she couldn't use it. I can still see the replay in my head of her turning away and walking off in disappointment. And Jibbo writes, some kid who was younger than me tried to steal this gum from me. He includes a picture of pickle puss, pickle-flavored bubblegum, which looks very much like a warty penis or a pickle, but it's a plastic tube shaped like a cucumber or pickle. So I did the logical kid thing and picked up a random rusty pipe and smacked him in the ribs with it. I also carved a friend's name into a guy's truck and then told that guy's son that my friend had done it. I once gave a very stupid and unusually harsh, quote-unquote, your mom response to a friend of mine and promptly remembered that his mom had died not too long ago. And Baudolino writes, 1. During the first grade, I joined up with a gang of boys at my school who would relentlessly bully the mentally handicapped children at our school, brackets of which there were a few. This was, to say the least, horrible. It gave me the first taste of sadistic joy. Also, when it turned out my little sister had a syndrome that made her badly mentally handicapped, I blamed myself. I thought it was God's way of punishing me for what I had done. 2. When I was about 8, me and a friend played with some water guns in the school playground before school started that day. We soon ran out of water and had no way to refill. Naturally, we resolved this by peeing into my water gun. The plan was to use the piss gun at the slide so other kids would get their clothes smeared in our piss. We had barely finished with relieving our bladders when an older boy came upon us. He demanded we give him the guns so he could wash his hair. He was a notorious bully, so we complied with his demands. Watching him unknowingly wash his hair with my piss, brackets, he even threw his hair around like in a shampoo commercial, was deliciously evil. Luckily, our urine was relatively fresh and uncolored, so he did not start to stink before class had already started and we were out of harm's way. 3. At the start of 6th grade, there was one kid who lost his sister in a tragic drowning accident during the summer vacation. The school had a big memorial service and everyone but me seemed to be crying. I quickly forgot about it and about a week later, me and him walked home together from school. I, of course, had to ask, quote-unquote, Hey, where's your sister? I haven't seen her in a while. 4. In junior high school, I was a bit racist and would tell many anti-Muslim jokes. There is really no excuse for that. I am sorry and ashamed. 5. I had a girl in my class in junior high who everyone knew had major drug problems. She would often come to school high or drunk, but somehow the authorities never got involved. I guess the school would rather ignore the problem and that her parents just didn't care. Anyhow, one Tuesday morning during science, when the teacher had gone out for some reason, she made a desperate plea to the entire class. Could someone please help her fake drug test right here and now because the police and child services were coming to drug test her at any moment? I volunteered and pissed in a little cup she had brought with her. The ploy worked and she managed to keep her problem somewhat hidden for another six months. But then everything went to shit. She started hanging out with older and heavier users, brackets, junkies, basically. Eventually, she had an OD that nearly killed her. Since then, she has gotten help and is now managing her life just fine. But I know I am partly responsible for her being able to fuck up her life so badly. Had I not helped her fake the urine test, she might have gotten help earlier. 
6. Stole from my place of work when I was 16. 7. Helped my cousin stalk a 13-year-old girl when he was 17. He went to a small grass hill overlooking your house, and I borrowed him my binoculars. It was a clear, warm summer night, and I remember fondly laying in the grass, gazing at the stars while small-talking to my cousin, who so badly wanted his Lolita to take a dip in her family swimming pool that night. In hindsight, I should have at least told him that I found the whole thing a bit creepy. And criminally stylish writes, Once when I was seven or eight, there was a carnival in town, and I really wanted to go. When I sat in the car with my father, I told him he had promised me to go with him, which was a lie. My father just said, quote-unquote, Oh, I must have forgot, and took me. Now I feel absolutely terrible about it to this day, and I don't know why it sticks with me. It's just that my father was so kind and generous to take me, and I straight-up lied to his face. I didn't deserve that carnival trip at all. And... Radicalismic writes, When I was really young, my parents had a garage sale and were selling off some of the toys I never used anymore, which I was pretty bitter about. I saw a black kid checking out some construction helmet I had, so I said something along the lines of, quote-unquote, Take your hands off that blackie. I didn't give a shit what color his skin was, I just didn't want to give up any of my stuff. His parents were pissed, my parents were incredibly embarrassed, he got the helmet, and I got to stay in the house until the garage sale was over. In fifth grade, I was sitting next to my best friend, and when he got up for a second, I thought it would be funny to move his chair back so he would fall. He did fall, and he hit his head on the shelf behind his desk. He seemed fine until he felt the back of his head, then saw and realized he was bleeding. The teacher called the office, and the janitor brought the wheelchair, brackets, just in case, since it was a head injury, and took him to the nurse's office. Thankfully, he was fine and just needed stitches. The worst part is that nobody saw me move the chair, and the girl standing next to him got blamed for it. <laughs> The worst part is that nobody saw me move the chair, and the girl standing next to him got blamed for it while I kept my mouth shut. Also, I had an NSYNC CD and made a dance routine to one of the songs. And Loco Bono writes, I used to put the pooper scooper under a pile of dog shit, and with a flick of my wrist, asterisk, fling, asterisk, there it goes into the pool of our octogenarian neighbor. Did this for years. And part of everything adds, When I was nine, I once found a fuzzy caterpillar curled up somehow still alive around a dead stalk of grass in the middle of a field in the dead of winter. I took him home, put him in a jar with a stick, and dug under the snow to find him dandelion leaves and grass to eat. He thrived and seemed as happy as a caterpillar could be. A week passed, and we got a heavy snow, and I could no longer dig down far enough to get him his greens. I knew he would starve without food. I looked at him crawling around happy in his jar and decided I should kill him to prevent him from dying slowly. I thought the best way to do this was to stab him with a sewing needle, thinking it would kill him instantly. He writhed in pain for hours before finally dying. The poor thing somehow had the strength to survive the snow, and then I go and end its life cruelly. I know most people will say, quote-unquote, it's a bug, get over it. But 23 years later, I still feel horribly guilty and like a bad person for it. Smith emoticon. And Potty writes, A bunch of my classmates and I absolutely destroyed the sixth grade boys' bathroom the last day of elementary school. I almost never did bad shit and mostly kept to myself, but it was a group of kids I desperately wanted to be friends with, so once they started up, I joined right in. The janitor that found that crime scene probably went home and shot himself. Toilets clogged with piss-soaked rolls of TP, piss and shit all over the sinks and urinals and trash cans, shit on the floors, boogers on the walls, and a loogie that I shit you not stretched from the ceiling to the floor and hardened.
We never got in trouble since it was the last day of school, but I still think about it sometimes. Looking back, I couldn't believe how quickly I got swept up in the chaos and succumbed to social pressure to do something I knew was wrong, and that lesson really stuck with me. And illegibly eligible rights. The first time I ever shoplifted was a camera case from a newly opened Walmart in my hometown. I figured it would fit my Game Boy perfectly, brackets, and it did. With a great deal of slyness, I stuffed it into my jacket and made my way to the registers. Each step of the way twisted my stomach into knots. By the time I got to the front, I felt about ready to vomit. I had tunnel vision and was dripping sweat. I've never been more uncomfortable in my entire life, before or since, and every time I get an unexpected adrenaline rush, I get that same nauseated, nervous feeling. Literally every other time I shoplifted, I was caught. But since I was successful the first time, it took me a few failures before I realized it wasn't the right thing to do on a practical level. This is one of the formative events. For, <laughs> this was one of the formative events which for quite some time led me to believe that those who can should simply just take what they want, which only didn't result in me murdering and robbing people due to my lack of impetus. It's the decade and a half of selfish disregard for the well-being of others which I'm ashamed of, though considering the state of the world today, my mindset may have simply been ahead of its time. And Clarabelle adds, I was playing at a friend's house and was told she'd just lost her tooth earlier that day. The tooth was sitting in a bowl on the kitchen table. I stole it, took it home, and left it out for the tooth fairy. And that's how I learned that the tooth fairy didn't exist. My friend's family must have known I took it. I sometimes wonder if they told my parents. Nobody ever mentioned it. Oh, and I was a total dick to my best friend for years for no good reason. I made her cry a lot. After I went to secondary school, I rapidly became incredibly unpopular due to being a nerdy kid with a peculiar personality. I think I may have subconsciously encouraged the general dislike of me as a form of self-flagellation. I found her on Facebook recently. I'm pondering whether or not to open up old wounds by apologizing after 15 years of no contact. And Liar adds, Stealing haunts me to this day. I used to steal bills from my dad all the time, and he absolutely trusted me when I said it wasn't me. To this day, I wish I could be honest and just tell him the truth, but I don't know how he'd take it. I wish badly I had an extra 1K that I could just hand him and say, quote-unquote, I took this from you. I also stole a $100 bill from my grandmother. She since passed away. She would never in a million years think it was me, and she favored me as her favorite grandchild, so this has especially weighed me down. Like a lot of people, I had issues with bullying. I was badly bullied in 8th grade to the point I genuinely wanted to die. Every day I woke up, I considered hurting myself to get out of school. I also considered bringing a gun to school on several occasions. This was a long time before Columbine happened. Thank God I never followed up on that. This was a school full of middle-class white kids who thought they were inner-city black, as you can imagine. To give you a hint as how bad it was, on my very first day at this school, a guy walked up and busted my face open just for the fun of it. Mind you, I was small at that age, like barely five foot. Brackets. Funny how people stopped bullying me once I was six foot and about 250. I can honestly rate that as my absolute best day at school. But what bothers me more than anything is I absolutely never stood up for myself because I was so damn afraid. I wish I could quantum leap back in time to myself back then because I feel certain that regardless of how small I was, if I had told those pricks off, it would have been a relief whether they beat me up or not. And finally, we'll end with this short posting by Pick who adds, Some of the other kids in school goaded me to go down our year student list and make up an insulting nickname for every student. Brackets, small school, small class. Some were outrageously cruel. A few stuck. I'm sorry. Pope Homo, frowny face emoticon. Oh my. Well, I hope that this episode has brought back all of the terrible th things you're ashamed of in your life. Share them on the internet. 
Let's see. Well, too many things I'm ashamed of, personally, to rehash. So many, so many shameful things. I remember there was a um, an Eskimo kid at my grade school who was overweight, and I mocked him to other children, hoping that they would think it was funny and cool, but instead they turned on me and were not nice to me after that. Also, I'm racist for saying he was an Eskimo kid. And he never did anything bad to me. He was a very quiet person. But, you know, other than that, just your standard terrible kid things. So, what did you do? I'm sure you did some terrible... I'm sure you're still a terrible person. <laughs> I apologize. I'm sure you're a lovely person. As always, I enjoy reading from Something Awful. There is some fantastic oversharing on it. And as an over-decade-long member of the forums... Is that true? I feel like it is. Yeah, it is. Holy shit. I joined in June of 2004. Wow. That's wild. Let me make sure about that. Yep, what do you know? Yes, I have confirmed. June 3, 2004. So, as a decade-long member of SomethingAwful.com, I have uh, contributed to many threads on there and benefited from things I've learned in the forum. So, congratulations to me on my 10-year anniversary as a member of an online forum. Um, yeah, so I hope you enjoyed it. it a nice two episodes in a row. Not about horrible sex stuff. What do you know? It's kind of relief. Um, yeah, so... Summer is plodding along here. I recorded this with just a small fan on in my living room. It is really hot in New York right now. Not fun. But the podcast has got to happen. Not much else going on in Lou Reed's news. Just trying to get the podcast out there for you guys to enjoy. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet here at the end. Um, as always... Please rate the show on iTunes. Please, if you like the podcast, rate it wherever you like podcasts. Stitcher, iTunes, the Zoom store, if that thing exists anymore. Any place where podcasts can be had. If you want to support the podcast, of course, go through the Amazon link on my blog, bluereads.com. It allows me to buy things like something to carry my sandwiches into work, <laughs> which is what I bought today. I don't think I have any outstanding magnet requests. I think I have sent magnets to everyone who asked for one. If you never got your magnet, let me know. Uh, if you owe me a photo of a magnet, I'm not mad at you. Just get it to me already. Another amazing coincidence is my my oldest son just turned 10. So I joined the forums just before he was born. That is weird. <laughs> what do you know? Which is more important to me? Well, you be the judge. Uh, as always, I appreciate all of the positive comments I get and the likes on Facebook and the retweets and so on and so forth. Spread the word. I recently heard from a guy who plays it for all his co-workers at lunch. That may be considered unkind by some people, but I appreciate it. Feel free to do so. I think that's going to do it for this episode of Lou Reads. So, my name's Lou. This has been Lou Reads the Internet for you. Stuff you did as a kid that you're ashamed of. Edition. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>